Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. If you're looking to uh, stream the show, if you can't get the uh, the radio signal to work, sometimes, you know, the weather going to be weathered, you can go to ESPNTucson.com, join the live stream there. It'll be a little bit delayed, but we don't take calls here anyway, so it's all good. Or if you want to podcast it, you can listen at your leisure by downloading the Jeff Dean Show podcast wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Audible or Amazon or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those places you can get your your uh, your podcast. You can find the Jeff Dean Show. Now, the NFL power rankings—it's it's something that's fluid every you know every week after we see how teams perform and we watch and we see what the injury situation is and how rookies are progressing and uh, how the depth charts are, you know, molting and, and how they're changing. And, uh, you know, we, we take a look at these types of things. And, we, you know, we also look at the strength of their schedule. Um, there's, you know, there's a, a lot of different ways you can carve up your NFL power rankings. And here are mine because I didn't get a chance to offer them last week. I gave them, I started doing them after week number three. You know, you don't want to do power rankings in the first two weeks. You look like a fool. Um, far be it for me to try to do that. I can do that well enough on my own without setting myself up for failure. So let's take a look at the power rankings. I do 16. I do a 16-team power ranking. I'm not going to do the top 32. That's ridiculous. Nobody cares about 17 through 32 anyways. So I start with number 16, and it was a tough one because trying to find the team to put at number 16 was like, eh, do I want to do these guys or this team? You know, a lot of people – think that the Bears are a team that's going to be, you know, in the top 15 or 16 because of their record or the Raiders. Um, I took both of those teams off. Look, for one, you can't have the league's worst offense and be considered a top six, top 16 team. You just, you just can't be. The Bears have by far the worst offense in the NFL. It's not even close. So I can't put them in the top 16. The Raiders just lost their head coach. They can't go in the top 16. So I have the 49ers as number 16. I know that they're 2-3. and three. There are, There's another 2-3 and three team on this list that you may not agree with, but um, the 49ers right now sitting at 2-3. and three. They do have two division losses, which is not great for them. Um, they've had plenty of, of injuries and such, and they've got both their quarterbacks hurt right now, and things are not looking good. But – they continue to play physical football. They can run the ball on teams. And as you saw, they can go on the road and challenge the best team or what many people believe is the best team in the league, of course, the only undefeated team. They can go into their building and play them to a one-possession game and have them you know, scared for their life, essentially, uh, that they may lose that game, even with a backup quarterback, without their best offensive weapon, uh, and down several defensive players as well. So 49ers get the number 16 spot for me. The New Orleans Saints get the number 15 spot. They're 3-2. and two. Jameis going to Jameis, and uh, he's going to cause them some problems. They're a very talented team. They don't have a real down-the-field threat, but regardless, Jameis is able to throw guys open anyways. He's such a good down-the-field thrower um, that you don't have to have legitimate 
downfield threats to be able to uh, to get big plays out of Jameis Winston. You just hope that if you're a Saints fan or a Saints coaches and players, that he doesn't revert back to a four-interception, three-interception per-game kind of guy. Number 14 on my power rankings is the Carolina Panthers. They're 3-2. and two. They still continue to play great defense, although they did get exposed um, recently. And, I, I, you know, I think maybe that was just a situation where – Maybe they they just kind of I don't want to I don't want to say fell asleep at the wheel, but you know they they kind of got involved in a a little bit of a shootout with the Cowboys and look we're going to talk about it here in a bit just how good the Cowboys are um, the fact that they gave up thirty five points or thirty six points to the Cowboys not re- not a real flag uh, red flag what is a red flag though is the way that they lost to Philadelphia they weren't able to keep Jalen Hurts off the scoreboard in the fourth quarter of that game, and then Sam Darnold going to Sam Darnold, throwing three picks. Um, he reverted back to his old self, but I do expect them to play better. They're an extremely well-coached team with Matt Rule and Joe Brady, and uh, I expect them to bounce back this week. The Bengals are my number 13 team, also sitting at 3-2. and two. You know, they're really their only problem is, is they just can't protect Joe Burrow. You know, and we talked about it last week, and I'm just like, I know Jamar Chase is fun and all, and he's exciting, and he's one of the best young talents in this game, but, God, Joe Burrow's going to just continue to get beat up. It's, it's not going to help to have Jamar Chase if you don't have a quarterback to throw him the football. They just I, – I, I, I pushed back against their decision to not draft Penny Sewell in this draft, and they opted for Jamar Chase instead to give Joe Burrow a weapon, and I said they're going to – they're going to regret that. And right now they're 3-2. and two. And Jamar Chase is really exciting, and he's scoring touchdowns, and he's making these miraculous plays, and he's outrunning guys in the secondary. But Joe Burrow continues to get beat up, and even even uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers mentioned he's like, "You got to slide, man. When the when the pocket's collapsing, slide." You know. So we'll see uh, how that holds up. But right now, I got the Bengals at thirteen. I think they're good enough to be there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are my number twelve team. They continue to dominate running the football. Derrick Henry is just, he's an absolute monster. He's putting up numbers that only Jim Brown has put up in the history of football over a course of time. They just continue to hammer away at teams uh, in the run game. I still think that Ryan Tannehill can be a playmaker at the quarterback position, especially with those wide receivers that they have. I think they could be a dangerous team in the final 12 weeks of the season. I look for the Tennessee Titans to kind of hang around the top 10 as far as the power rankings go and be a team that uh, that could be dangerous come postseason time. Now comes to a little bit of a contentious port here because t- people are going to push back against this ranking here, and it's fine. That's what these are for. I have the Kansas City Chiefs as my number 11 team. They just got completely embarrassed at home again this season as they lose to the Buffalo Bills 38-20. to And I understand that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback and they've still got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But look, at what point do we say, okay, maybe, just maybe, there was some situations on that team. You know, they, they, you know, they gave Patrick Mahomes a, a billion zillion dollars, right? Uh, maybe, just maybe, they gave him too much money. And people are like, wait, what? Let's let's talk about this for a moment, folks. I want to spend a moment here talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Because in reality, 
and I know that they won the, the world championship two years ago, and they were in it again last year. They did not score a touchdown in last year's game against the Buccaneers, and they lost three of the four quarters to the 49ers in the 2019 Super Bowl. So when you're looking at the Chiefs and how great Patrick Mahomes is, they, they've they lost seven of the eight quarters that they played in Super Bowls. They had a, 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 you know, had a miraculous fourth quarter, and if Jimmy G is on target – with a single pass in that in that Super Bowl, we're talking a different outcome here. We're talking the Chiefs are back-to-back losers. They've lost all eight quarters of the Super Bowls that they've played in, and Patrick Mahomes maybe isn't talked about as the next coming of the end-all, be-all of the greatest football players of all time. The defense is atrocious, and I mean absolutely atrocious. Patrick Mahomes looks frustrated, uh, he's making mental errors, mental mistakes you don't normally see from Patrick Mahomes. He's dropping the ball on on uh, snaps. It's just a bad look. And I'll tell you right now, they are not a good football team at the moment. They really aren't. So to put them at 11 is giving a lot of credence to how I feel about Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the rest of the talent on that offense. Because they are – they have the ability to to jump up and beat any team at any time. But they are not a good football team right now. The defense is horrible. Patrick Mahomes is making tons and tons of mistakes that we're not used to seeing from him. And I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't perform well this week either. I mean, they got, you know, they they got they got smacked around at home again, like I said. They got smacked around at home. They've got Washington, who is desperate for a win this week. I don't know. We'll see. So that's number 11. My number 10 team is – wait a second. What happened here? (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Why do I have this team here? I have this team twice. Why do I have this team twice here? What did I do? Oh, my goodness. I uh, I have messed up my power rankings. Okay, let's jump to number nine. Uh, I think I, I think I know what I did. Number nine is the Cleveland Browns. I have the Browns at number nine. They're three and two right now. Obviously, the loss against the Chargers in the the pinball machine game that occurred last Sunday. Uh, the, the, the Browns are one of these indescribable teams, right? Like it's like they're so talented, and then the defense shows up one week, can look so dominant against one team, and then just completely roll over the next. Then they make these boneheaded plays on the offensive side of the ball. They make stupid decisions. There's horrible play calls. And then Baker Mayfield, if he is required to make a comeback run, you know, have a two-minute drive or a two-minute drill or a one-minute drill to win in the game, you can almost guarantee that he's going to fail. You can almost guarantee it. He is just not a good quarterback when it comes to comeback wins. In the game on Sunday against the Chargers, in his final drive, he was able to put together a drive of 26 yards in a minute and 21 seconds. That's not going to cut it, folks. Not when Aaron Rodgers is going 58 yards in 27 seconds, when Kirk Cousins is able to drive his team 45 yards in 18 seconds, when Lamar Jackson is able to do the magic that he does week in and week out. It, it's not going to cut it. So, the Browns, as talented as they are, have to absolutely play with a lead. If they're not playing with a lead, they're in trouble. And they get into these shootouts all the time, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. 
Baker Mayfield is not the quarterback you want to have if you want to get into a shootout with another team. You're not going to win those games. They're better when they're running the football, able to control the clock, control the line of scrimmage. They've got two phenomenal running backs. They're much better when they're doing that. My number eight team is the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens right now at four and one. People are like, what do you mean, eight? Eighth place in the in the in the power rankings? You're crazy. Have you seen the Ravens play? Yes, I have seen the Ravens play. They have been had to get bailed out by a superstar player twice now. They had to go to overtime against Indianapolis in a game they were down 16. I believe it's the first time in league history, or since they started tracking the stat, that a team leading by 16 points in the fourth quarter lost a game. Okay, All credit goes to, goes to Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. He has been spectacular this year. Uh, he should be in the conversation for league MVP, absolutely. Put on his cape and went to work uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter of that game and in overtime as well. But you can't just expect him to take over the game over and over again. Defensively, dude, they gave up 513 yards to a Colts offense who hasn't exactly been a sparkling beacon of of great offense this season with Carson Wentz and his inability to you know sustain drives. So that could be a problem, something to look forward to maybe this year. Uh, as the, the Ravens' defense, they're 4-1, but that defense has been exposed on several occasions. My number seven team in the power rankings is the Green Bay Packers, another team with questions defensively. Not exactly sure what we're going to see from them week in and week out, but they continue to win games somehow, some way. whether it's the other team missing four kicks or whether it's the other team seemingly giving them too much time to drive the field, which was 37 seconds against a great defense on the road against the 49ers. But you have Aaron Rodgers. You you could be the, you could have the worst roster in the league and have Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, and still be a top eight team in the power rankings. He's just that good. Uh, they got blown out, of course, in week one by the Saints. Since then, they got four straight wins. They're by far the best team in the NFC North, and the Packers are my number seven team in my power rankings. Number six. The Chargers, yes, it's it's maybe a contentious spot for them. I look at the Chargers right now, and I and the only reason they're sixth is because they don't measure up to the teams in the top five. And when I say don't measure up, I mean just barely do not measure up. There's still some issues with the defense giving up a lot of yards and a lot of points. Situationally, they're very good offensively. Third down conversion rate is spectacular. It's through the roof. Justin Herbert, one of the best pocket passers uh, in the AFC, continues to show that he is proving people wrong left and right. And defensively, they have some really good players. They have they have a they have an excellent player at each level on defense. They have an excellent defensive lineman, a linebacker who's a tackling machine, and they have a, a corner and a safety who are all pro. Defensively, they have some stars. I think they need to scheme a little bit better in certain situations. Um, but hey. Uh, they continue to win games. They're 4-1, and one, and I got the Chargers at number 6 in my power rankings. Now, we're going to take a timeout because I'm going to come back. I'm going to do my top five because I think it's we, we need to talk about these teams a little bit more. These are the, the special teams, the elite teams in the NFL as it stands right now, and we'll do that coming up after the break. Now, NFL Week 6 is here, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's where they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. 
All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will still pay you back up to $10. Now, this Sunday, I just talked about it, right? Tyler and I talked about it. I just mentioned it. This Sunday's game features a matchup of two extremely talented teams as the Cardinals head east to Cleveland to take on the Browns. I think it's going to be a game with a lot of negative plays as well as, 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 as explosive plays, which is why I'm going to build my SGP with the Cardinals' money line, Nick Chubb over rushing yards, and the under total points in the first quarter. I think it's going to take a little while for both of these teams to work up a lather and really get going, but once they do, look out. Now, FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook, no doubt about it. There's safe and secure transactions there. It's easy to use, and you get fast payouts. And, of course, those same-game parlay bets, man, I tell you what, there's nothing like the feeling of being able to cash in one of those tickets. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, that's even better because you can sign up today with my promo code, Dean, to also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. But make sure you know, use the promo code, Dean, that's my promotion that I extend to you so that they know that I sent you. Use the promo code DEAN. Sign up today and get your risk-free bet up to $1,000. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next Step to 53342. More after this on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on a Wednesday morning. Beautiful city of Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Time to finish up. My NFL power rankings, as uh, I have them laid out here, we did the 16th through the 6th. Or I, well, I, I messed one of them up. I still don't know what I did there, but I don't know. I'm not very bright today, apparently, uh, or any day for that matter. So let's start with number five. Now, this is going to tickle the fancy of many of you fans out there as why I put them at number five. But the Dallas Cowboys are the fifth team on my NFL power rankings. They... Right now, okay, the Dallas Cowboys are top seven in the league in offensive efficiency and top seven in the league in defensive efficiency. They're the only team in the league that can boast that. They have the second-best offense in the league as it, as it pertains to yards per game, okay, when you're talking about just straight yards per game. And they've been in some shootouts with some teams. They've given up a ton of yards to teams this year, but only 23 points per game, meaning they're – trying to keep teams out of the end zone. The teams can move between the 20s on them, but they're keeping teams out of the end zone. And right now, with their one-two punch at tailback between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, uh, especially specifically during this four-game win streak that they're on after losing the opener the way they did to uh, Twami and the Buccaneers, it, they look like one of the better teams in the NFC for sure, one of the better teams in the NFC. And – if they continue to play at this level, look, I love Dak Prescott as a game-managing type of quarterback. I don't want him getting into shootouts with teams, so the defense is going to have to continue to step up and uh, limit teams offensively. But if Dak Prescott is in a situation where the team is running the football effectively, look, the sky's the limit because he doesn't turn the ball over. He's a very confident quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's pretty accurate with the ball. You just don't want him getting into shootouts, a lot like Baker Mayfield. But he's more accurate, and he's got more grit. 
Um, I, I just this this Cowboys team has really surprised me. Even aside from the fact that Mike McCarthy continues to ignore standard clock management for football practices um, on the field, at least during the games, I, I just feel like this team is a top five team and maybe even a top three team waiting to burst out. We'll see what happens with the other two teams ahead of them right now. Number four team I've got is the Buccaneers. Of course, the head-to-head win against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys early in the season. The Buccaneers defensively now, look, (laughs) they're not great. They're not going to just – there's not a defense you're going to write home about. Um, They did get Jason Pierre-Paul back this weekend, and that was a huge deal for them. Um, But they did lose Levante David, of course, veteran linebacker with an ankle injury over the weekend. So – not a good trade if you're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, you've got Tom Brady on the offensive side of the ball. When they do get Gronk back, that will give them some more scoring punch. Interestingly enough, did you know that this past Saturday or the Sunday was the first time in Tom Brady's career that he passed for 400 yards and five touchdowns? That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? First time ever? Okay. Had a... Um, had a passer rating of 144.4. The Dolphins are terrible. Uh, they're going south fast, and uh, they're going to have to rethink everything there in Miami because they made a pro- they made a mistake when they drafted Tua Tonga-Vailoa as opposed to Justin Herbert. We all know that now. Felt it then. We know it now. Uh, but, look, the Buccaneers looking really good. They're in the fourth position right now because I just don't think they're ready to be the top three teams. They just don't have the complete look that these other three teams do have. Number three on the list right now is the L.A. Rams. The Rams with their lone loss, the blowout loss to the Arizona Cardinals just a couple of weeks ago. But, look, talent-wise, they can't be denied. They are so good, so talented on both sides of the football. Matthew Stafford still slinging it. He and Cooper Cup hooking up um, left and right. And the the Rams are absolutely a contender in the NFC. They're uh, – you know, if, if the Cardinals and the Rams played ten times, it probably goes five and five. I don't think it's something that the Cardinals would win six or seven times. I think it's a five-five, uh, like a dead heat. Those teams are just so so incredibly well well matched together. And now that Robert Woods has gotten into the gotten back into the play offensively, uh, that's just going to give them even more firepower. And defensively, they're still stout. They're they're very good defensively. Obviously, up front with Aaron Donald and that front four. And then in the secondary with Jalen Ramsey, they do a a tremendous job of locking teams down. The Rams are my number three team. Now, number two and number one, I've I've looked at a couple of power rankings over the last couple of days, and most people have these two teams at one or two flip-flop somewhere in there. My number two team is the Buffalo Bills. Now, I may believe that they're the best team in football. There may be a, a, a good chance that I do believe that specifically however they do have the one blemish on their record they've lost a game they lost a home game early in the season i know week one pittsburgh came in smacked them around a little bit since then has been an absolute just a trucking of every team that they have played they have blown out everyone and that game on sunday against the kansas city chiefs 38 20 was not even indicative of the butt whooping they laid on the defending afc champs Buffalo went in there with a chip on their shoulder, and they are now playing with not only that chip on their shoulder, but they're also playing with some confidence and some swagger. And that team is absolutely dangerous. Defensively, they will suffocate you. 
Offensively, they have weapons with the quarterback position. They can run the football. They protect the quarterback extremely well, and they can get big plays in the passing game, not only from their wide receivers, but also from the chastised tight ends at the end of the last season. Remember, the, the owner came out and was like, man, if only we had players like Travis Kelsey on our team. I think they took that personally <laughs> because uh, since that happened, they've been throwing uh, touchdown passes to the, uh, to the tight ends left and right. So Buffalo right now, I think they are the best team in the NFL, but because of that one blemish, I cannot put them number one, specifically because there is a team without a blemish on their record. They are the 5-0 and Arizona Cardinals, and they're number one. Uh, look, it goes without saying, they've beaten every team that they've played. They've played a difficult schedule, in my opinion, on the road to open up against Tennessee. Tough game. They've played the Rams. Tough game. They played the 49ers. Tough game. Look, this is, this is a team that's tested. They have won in multiple ways. They have, they have won where they have lit up uh, you know, the, the, the scoreboard offensively. They have played defensive gems where they have suffocated the opposing team in the backfield. They have played slobber knockers, physical games, wide open games. They've done it all. And right now the Cardinals have shown me everything that I need to see to put them at number one on the NFL power rankings. Now next week, things may change. They may go into Cleveland and get beat on the road by the Browns. We'll have to see what happens. But right now, Cardinals 5-0, and and even though they're not healthy, they're missing both corners, and we'll get some more information later on in the week. They're banged up, but uh, still winning football games. Everybody's got injury problems in the NFL, and the Cardinals right now my number one uh, in the power rankings. So there you go. The Cardinals, the Bills, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cowboys, my top five. So there you, there you have it. There's my power rankings. I'll put them up on Twitter once I figure out what the hell happened with my number 10 team. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We'll, uh, we'll fix that, and I'll post, I'll post it up on, uh, on Twitter here in just a little bit. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, Pac-12 Men's Basketball Media Day is going on right now. The media has released their poll. I will... Uh, tell you what their poll was about, and I'll give, I'll share my particular poll on how I think, even though I hate these things, uh, I have to kind of do it because it's what everybody's doing. Um, or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just be like, nope, I'm not doing it. I've already published it. It's fine. We'll put it out there for you. Uh, that's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show as the Pac-12 Men's Basketball Media Day going on right now up in the uh, NorCal area at the Pac-12 studios or the Pac-12 headquarters, I guess I should say, up in the Bay Area. And the uh, media has come out with their full poll of where they believe the predicted order of finish will happen in the uh, in the Pac-12. No surprise, UCLA and Oregon are 1-2, UCLA receiving 32 of the 34 first place votes by the media. Then things get crazy. USC receiving the third most votes are predicted to finish third. Then Arizona in a tie with Oregon State for fourth, both teams receiving 245 votes. Colorado in sixth, with receiving 235 votes shortly behind, right behind them with 224 votes is Arizona State. Right on the heels of Arizona State with 221 votes is Washington State, and then the big drop occurs, right? 
we know that that's kind of where it's going to happen, is right around the nine spot. The top eight in this league are very good. The bottom four are very bad. And I don't want to say extremely bad because there's still a couple of teams that are talented enough or well-coached enough to be able to jump up and get a, you know, get a win, surprise a team here and there. But between you know Stanford, Washington, Utah, and Cal, those are just four bad squads. You know, in Stanford, Jared Haas lost a ton of team, lost a ton of players from last year's team, and last year's team had so much promise. And then there was just injury after injury after injury, and Zaire Williams wasn't playing, and they were basically playing on one leg with one hand tied behind their back. And Oscar da Silva just had to be a hero, and he was spectacular last year for them. Uh, but you can't, you just can't keep up. I mean. If you don't have players, you can't you can't run, you know, in the Pac-12. So it, it was a it was a loss, a big loss for Stanford last year. They're trying to bounce back. They got a very good recruiting class. It'll be interesting. Stanford's kind of one of those teams. Like I don't know. I know Sean Miller always spoke really highly of Jared Hass. He feels he's an excellent coach and a good recruiter. Um, it'll be a real test uh, of Jared Hass once again this year to see just how good of a coach he is. I think he showed last year with. The, just the absolute disaster that became the roster at uh, at Stanford on the, they, just the fact they were able to win some games um i thought spoke a lot to uh, to his coaching prowess so that's that's basically your 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 top 12 from the media they have Stanford 9 Utah 10 Washington 11 Cal 12 um mine looks a little different my 12th is Utah i man i just like Utah you look at their roster and you're just like, oh, who who are these guys? <laughs> I don't even know if they've got five guys that know how to dribble a basketball on that team. Like, it's it's that bad. Craig Smith has taken over a dumpster fire at Utah because when they fired Kristoviak, everybody left. I mean, everybody. They got Booth Gotch back, which is interesting. He transferred to Minnesota, and now he's back, which is the a, a, a saving grace for them. Because you know he's actually not a you know not a not a bad player, um, so you know Craig Smith is able to get Booth Gotch to transfer back in, but good lord, these are the losses: Timmy Allen transfer, Pella Larson transferred to Arizona, Alfonso Plummer transfer, Rylan Jones transferred to uh, Utah State, Ian Martinez transferred, uh, Mikael Yuntanen transferred. All those guys left after Kristoviak got fired. It was just like, everybody out the building. Boom, they all left. And Craig Smith's going to try to rebuild that. Oh my, that roster is really bad. Cal, not much better. I do believe in Mark Fox as a little bit more as a coach. I don't know a whole lot about Craig Smith. I know he did he did well. He did some good things at Utah State. Uh, but I at least believe in Mark Fox a little bit more as a head coach. A lot of the you know a lot of people are discrediting them because they lose Matt Bradley. Um, you know he transferred out. I I, I got to be honest with you. I watched that team last year. I think they're better without him. When they came to Arizona, Matt Bradley was just coming off. Essentially, they called it an injury. From the people that I talked to, it was absolutely a a suspension, an attitude suspension, basically, of Matt Bradley. And one of the very very few advantages of not having fans in the uh, in the stadium in, in McHale last year was that I was able to hear everything that was going on. And in that game, Arizona's just blowing Cal out. It's, it's a, like a 25-point game, and Matt Bradley is doing whatever the hell he wants. He is ignoring his coach. Mark Fox is saying things, and he's screaming to him. He's like, hey, Matt, do this. Matt, do this. 
And I heard he was right in front of me when it happened, like it, it, like within like 10 feet because I, we had to sit back. He's right there, and I hear him under his breath go, man, shut the F up. Like he said that about his coach. And then Mark Fox, who's trying to get his attention, finally gets his attention to which Matt Bradley turns around and basically shoes him like a fly. Like, shut up. Basically just gives him, the, you know, the wave off. Well, that didn't go over so well. They benched him for the rest of the game, and he didn't play again the rest of the season. I think it's addition by subtraction in Cal to lose Matt Bradley. I know they're not going to score points, uh, but at least they're going to be a more cohesive unit without him there. Uh, so I've got Cal at 11. Washington, I have at 10. Uh, some transfers. They, Mike Hopkins not making friends with coaches in the Pac-12, stealing all the players. Um, of course, one of them doesn't matter. Terrell Brown uh, transferred uh, back home to Seattle. Of course, he was Sean's transfer, but um, you know Terrell Brown going to be playing in Washington now. They have a few guys, but it, it's a it's a problem of cohesion there. It takes time to learn that defense, that zone defense that Mike Hopkins runs. And if you're running seven new players out there that have never played together, you're going to get scored on. Like they're they're going to give up a lot of points. So I got Washington at ten. I have Stanford at nine. Um, again, you know, it's, it's just the bottom four, Stanford, Washington, Cal, Utah, however you want to put them in there. I think it's all going to be, uh, irrelevant. So I got Stanford at nine. They do have, you know, a little bit of talent. Of course, they got some, they, they got a, you know, a really, a really nice freshman in uh, Harrison Ingram, uh, to come in. He's a five-star. They got a four-star coming in. Um, his last name, uh, Silva is the last name. Israel, I think Israel Silva. Um, he's a four-star. So they got some guys. Um, and then Jaden Dallaire, uh, is back, so that should be good. I think I think Stanford will be better than people give you credit for. Number eight, I have Oregon State. They're getting a lot of credit, a lot of love from the media. I just feel like this is a year that they kind of fall back to the way that they were. Don't get me wrong. I love Wayne Tinkle. I'm a big fan of Wayne. I love the way he coaches. I like his style. He's a tough dude. I like Wayne personally. I just don't know if, if they're going to have the magic that they caught in the you know in the magic wand last year during their run, Warit Alatiche, very good player, very good front court player. Um, in fact, he was named to the uh, the preseason all uh, all league team, first team all league team was Warit Alatiche, and he's he's very good. But sad, the you know the the, the backcourt is going to struggle to score. Their primary threat is Jared Lucas. I think teams are going to focus on him. Gianni Hunt is a pretty good player, but I think Stan, or, uh, Oregon State takes a little bit of a step back this year, and I have them finishing eighth. I have Colorado seventh. Look, they're replacing one of the great all-time guards in McKinley Wright uh, you know, through that program. Evan Batty, one of my most favorite guys in the league, one of the most likable dudes. I root for Evan Batty when they're not playing Arizona. Um, however, I do not root for Tad Boyle, their head coach, and <laughs> – I think I took it a little personally, and I put them at seventh, even though I think they may be a little bit better than seventh. Sixth place, I have the Sun Devils. Bobby Hurley basically blew up the entire roster, was like, everybody, get out, and rightfully so. That was one of the most selfish teams I've ever seen in my entire life. It was basically just Bobby had no choice but to roll the ball out there and just watch them play. Nobody played a lick of defense. It was a mess. So everybody out the door (laughs) – Bye, and then he brought back a few guys. Marcus Bagley comes back, which is huge for them. Uh, Jalen Graham and Kamani Lawrence also come back. So those are those are big returns for them. They have some good newcomers in. 
Uh, the five-star freshman that they got, Bokier or Bokiai, I can't remember how his, how his name is pronounced. They, they're a real linchpin in this because I think you could see them finishing anywhere between fourth and ninth in the conference this year, depending on how well they gel. It'll be a real testament to Bobby's uh, coaching ability. My number five team I have is Washington State. I love what Kyle Smith is doing up there. He's put together two good recruiting classes. They have raised the bar at Wazoo, um, and I think that they have legitimate NCAA tournament aspirations this year. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good team. They're going to be able to be multiple at several positions. They've got a good backcourt. They've got some good wings. I think it'll be interesting to watch Washington State. They're going to be a real interesting team to watch this year as well in the Pac-12. My fourth place team I have is USC. I don't know if people quite understand the magnitude of losing a guy like Evan Mobley, just how good he was. They also lost Taj Eady, who is a very good scorer from the backcourt. And now the backcourt is going to be Isaiah Mobley, who, I don't know, like, maybe, I mean, well, not I shouldn't say the backcourt. He's going to be a winger. He's, he's you know, 6'9". Um, he's nowhere near the player that, that his brother is. They've got Boogie Ellis, who was a transfer that came over from Memphis. Ethan Anderson, who's going to be playing at guard for them. I just don't know where the scoring is going to come from. You know, and, and granted, they're going to play good defense. Andy Enfield wants to play defense, and that's going to be one of their situations there. But I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to have the elite scoring when they need to. It, it, it's certainly not very efficient scoring. Isaiah Mobley was like 26% from three last year. So uh, <laughs> continue to shoot threes, Isaiah. That's, uh, that's a good idea for your opponents. Number three, I have the Wildcats. I think people are sleeping on them. They were picked to finish fourth in a fourth uh, tie with the with the media. Um, I think people are sleeping on Arizona. I think they're definitely sleeping on Azulis Tobelis, who did not get named to the first team, um, all-conference team in the preseason. He was named to the second team. And uh, Christian Coloco was not even named honorable mention. He's one of the leading defensive players returning into the conference this year. I, I just I feel like – the slight of the individual talent that still exists at Arizona is is that's going to be on the media's fault. That's going to be egg on their face because when you bring back guys like Dalen Terry, Benedict Matherin, Azulis Tabellis, Christian Coloco, uh, and then you add guys like Pella Larson and of course Kim Aiken, and then some of the other guys you know they've added. We saw it on you know the Red Blue game. This team is going to play. I don't know how deep they're going to be. But they're going to play, and they're going to play hard. They're going to score a lot of points, I'll tell you that much. They will score a lot of points. They're going to put pressure on other teams defensively. Number two, I have Oregon. Yeah, I mean, it's – look, Dana Altman just continues to reload there, get some transfers. You get the, the, the kid from, uh, from Syracuse, Gary Air. Um, they got Nathan Biddle, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent uh, at the center position. So um, they've got themselves – uh, a good team. And, of course, and finally Dante coming back, Frank Kepnang, he's coming back as well. So Oregon will be very good, as always, and extremely well coached. And then the Bruins, number one. That's 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 super easy. They're the most talented team. They're extremely well coached. Uh, and they're one of the teams that are a Final Four favorite this year, just basically of, of, of everyone. So that's my poll. UCLA 1, Oregon 2, followed by Arizona, USC, Washington State, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington, Cal, and Utah. All right. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. 
More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, the puck is officially dropped on the hockey season. NHL, and there's no better place to bet the NHL than on FanDuel Sportsbook. And NHL parlays are the perfect way to make every shot feel like a hat trick. And you can turn that little bet into a power play payday. And all season long, FanDuel is giving every customer NHL parlay insurance. It's awesome. You'll get up to $25 back each day if your parlay falls just one leg short. And if you don't have a FanDuel account, that's great because you can sign up today using my promo code DEAN to place your first risk-free bet up to $1,000. This is just part of some of the promotions that FanDuel is hooking people up with. Great odds, exclusive offers, and a whole lot of fun different plays. I made my NHL pick for the Stanley Cup yesterday. I went a little bit of a, of a, uh, of a long shot, but if it pays out, I'm good. But I'm, I'm golden. This season, make every moment more and bet on the NHL with FanDuel Sportsbook. And remember to use my promo code DEAN so that they know that I sent you. NHL 2021, all rights reserved, 21 and over in President Arizona. Parlay Insurance Mac refund is $25 per day. Risk-free bet for first online real money wager only. Refund is issued as non travel site credit. Expires in seven days for parlay insurance and 14 days for risk-free bet. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Whew! All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Did I talk too much? I blow through my clocks, and Mary gets mad at me. But nonetheless, here we are. I want to thank Tyler Drake for joining the show. He's our Cardinals insider. He joins us every Wednesday. Stay tuned tomorrow. We're going to try to line up Matt Moreno to talk some recruiting news for Arizona football and basketball. And, of course, everything else in the world of sports as well. Thanks to Mary back in studio for all of her hard work and keeping us on the air. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in right here every morning to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, The Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned from 3 to 6 today for Spears and Ali, and I will see you guys again tomorrow right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.